In our final episode of the year, we look at how digitization of the financial sector has changed banking as we knew it. Today, we speak to Obina Okwani, the Chief Digital Officer of BKPLC. Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. The COVID-19 pandemic has led to more digital adaptations across various sectors, with financial institutions at the forefront of these changes. But what kind of impact has the pandemic had on the use of digital products? We speak to Obina Okwani, the Chief Digital Officer of BKPLC. Yeah, no, it's been an interesting time for everyone. Um, I think banks really took things for granted prior to the pandemic, right? You were okay with having many branches across the country, having most transactions done by our clients, done... Um, you know, physically bring a sheet of paper, they stand in line, they talk to a teller or someone else. And it just generally took a long time to get services from banks. Um, and then COVID happened. Suddenly you couldn't go to a branch anymore, right? So banks are scrambling, looking for other ways to serve their customers. I think the best way to look at it is to actually not look at banks, but to look at telcos, right? I'd say these are our competitors. You know, I think banks, especially a bank like VK, we serve government, we serve large corporates. That is where most of our money comes from, right? Um, obviously, uh, you know, deposits from all sources help keep us afloat in terms of our liquidity. But with the likes of, you know, Momo and, you know, Equity Bank, these are two relatively digitally native, you know, organizations. Uh, they've made life very difficult. You know, if before the pandemic, your technology infrastructure or your digital channels were, were not up to snuff, that was very quickly exposed with COVID. And so, you know, at the bank, especially at BK, we've now taken a much closer look. People are now focused. They understand that digital is both our present and our future. Um, and we, it was a wake-up call, honestly. We've now invested so much in a new core banking system. Uh, you know, we have a whole team that I run here of engineers, uh, designers, uh, product managers, um, you know, who are working on new ways to serve BK customers, right? Uh, and really hopefully endear the retail segment of Veranda to us. Are financial institutions at the point of choosing between brick and mortar or digital solutions? Like I said, most of our money comes from government and corporates, right? You know, you have a situation where very few clients can provide the bulk of your assets, the bulk of your profits, right? You don't need more than 20, right? And you're good. And, you know, 1.2, 1.3 billion USD in, in assets and, you know, you're twice as large as the next bank. Um, that's easy to do when you're doing corporate and, 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 uh, and government uh, deals. Now, retail is important because uh, it, we cannot lend if we don't have enough deposits, right? You have to balance the cash and then uh, the, the loans that you're giving out. There has to be a balance. Um, and you know, the weaker you are in terms of attracting the many, right? Whether you're talking about SMEs and merchants, um, there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands in Rwanda. Or the retail customers, millions of them, right? 12 million Rwandans. Um, if you look at MTN, right? Like 6 million plus mobile subscribers, almost 4 million uh, Momo subscribers. That is a whole bank right there, right? And if you look at BK or any bank's numbers outside of Equity Bank, um, there's no bank that's even getting close to a million customers. Talk less of half a million customers, right? So we have a really, really long way to go. So the question of uh, you know brick and mortar versus digital, uh, it's it's it, it becomes life and death at some point. You know between Irembo and MTN and Airtel and all the other uh, you know services that have not, that have now gone digital, patience is is just not there anymore. For a bank that refuses to 
make life easier and make services more accessible, right? So absolutely, uh, we have decided, um, you know, while we're not shunning our branches, we are investing heavily in digital channels and we recognize the importance of having world-class channels so that we can actually have a relationship with our customers. That makes sense. Are the current digital financial tools sustainable? Are they sustainable? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, if you're coming at it from a security standpoint, that's a different question than, I, than what I thought you were asking, but I'll address security first, right? Um, it's absolutely sustainable from, the, from a security standpoint, right? I mean, obviously you have a macro problem, right? You have X number of, of clients and you don't want a certain percentage to be, in, you know, to, to be affected by you know, frauds or you know, someone compromising their accounts. But there's also the micro problem. I mean, I don't want a single customer, right, to experience these things, right? So we look at the single customer. How is your internet banking channel secured? How is your USSD secured? There are layers, right? Every channel is different. USSD, very insecure, but at the same time, very limited. There are certain things you cannot do, certain amounts of money you cannot transact on that platform. You move to internet banking, which we built ourselves. You have many layers of security. If you enter your password wrong two or three times, you're locked out. Change locations, locked out, right? Now we're trying to make it easier to get unlocked, right? That's, that's been a challenge, which we're fixing. But generally, um, authentication and access to financial uh, services digitally, it's extremely delicate and sensitive. That's how we treat it. Um, any small change sends a red flag. And we, you know, we, we, we take down access to those channels almost immediately. Additionally, the process of getting authenticated requires multiple different forms of, of authentication. Username, password. Uh, OTP, which is generated by a phone. So you need to have a physical device in your possession, which can give you a third code you can use to enter um, your, 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 uh, your account. If you're on uh, a phone, uh, fingerprint recognition, facial recognition, these are ways that we can lock um, people out of uh, accounts. And it's very difficult for somebody who is not in Rwanda with your, your phone or your laptop to have access. It's just it's nearly impossible, actually. I think you can look at other examples, right? Take social media, right? 20 years ago, it would have been unheard of to share your life and your thoughts publicly. Uh, they would have thought you were crazy, right? Privacy was a big deal. But we've moved into an era where people share freely and widely. Your tweet can go viral in every country in the world overnight, right? And for better and for worse, uh, the world has moved in this direction, right? If you take a similar stance with digital financial services, you have to consider the improvements that you can you know, accrue if you stop coming to a branch. If all of a sudden you can request and manage your loans uh, from an app or from uh, a web browser on your laptop, or you can send payments to anywhere, international payments, local payments, uh, by FX, why would you ever want to you know, uh, get a paper form, sign it with a pen, fill it out, come and stand in a line? Around the, around the corner because, you know, the line goes from the door around the block because uh, of all the people. Why would you want to do that? You know, you spend, you use fuel to move from your office, your home, to the bank. You stand, you find parking, you stand in line and you finally get to the teller and you hope they can serve you and that your service goes through. What happens if it fails? Do you have to come back and do the same thing? But when you have digital channels, right, uh, digital financial applications, the submission is online. The feedback is online. The confirmation, even the, the receipt of the money is all online. And I think that convenience is more than enough to attract most people to use these things. And I think like with social media, we balance the risks with the reward. And I think it's, it's actually quite different from social media in the sense that uh, you have a lot more to gain and, and a lot less to lose, I think, um, with digital financial services. I think the world is, is quite far ahead in that sense. Um, so if, if all we do is catch up, 
uh, I think you know users will will have a super reliable, trustworthy, and convenient uh, experience. How do you shift consumer banking habits? Considering, I guess, the unbanked, the those who have a lower income, we have to ask the question: Are they currently banked? Right? Do they even deal with banks? They don't do it as often as those who live in the city. Right? Uh, we have bills to pay, uh, electricity, water, cable. You know, we're sending money back and forth because we make money. Uh, we're pensioned, you know. I think it's a very different experience. I think when you talk about those who aren't as financially included, you ha- you first have to start with how do you get them in- into the system to begin with, right? Now, internet penetration, I think, is an interesting uh, thing to consider, right? If you look at MTN's numbers uh, between uh, last September and this September, um, I think internet uh, subscribers have grown by twenty percent thereabout, um, almost, 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 uh, yeah, over twenty percent actually. Um, so more and more people are accessing internet through MTN. You still have Liquid, you still have Airtel, right? But the trend is that more people are coming online, right? And you're talking about several million, not a small number. So there, there, there is, there's always access to some degree in Rwanda. And I think, you know, given the 3G, 4G coverage, um, more so than many other countries, Rwanda is fairly, fairly well covered, right? Now, that doesn't mean that everyone is using some sort of rich app or a, or a computer to check their balances and send money. Most people are on, you know, uh, less sophisticated phones and they're using USSD, right? Um, which is fine. You know, BK has a USSD platform. Many banks do. MTN does. Airtel does. Um, so they are included to some small degree. I think the next step is to bring them on to richer experiences with mobile apps, internet banking, you know, get a, a better device into their hands. And, you know, there are initiatives that, uh, you know, institutions like BK and even MTN are working on to, to make that more possible. And I know it's also one of the mandates of the government. So. Um, there's no going back on this, right? We have to keep building our, our, our digital experiences. We have to keep att- attracting people to them. Those who are less likely to join because access just isn't there, there are initiatives for those as well. But generally, everybody benefits by going digital. Functionality is still a key challenge for many financial service sector players. Are you in a position to create digital self-service options in the banking sector? Yeah, I think self-service is a key, key term, right? You know, I gave the example earlier of uh, when you get locked out of your account, right? At the moment, when that happens, you need to reset your PIN. It does require interaction with customer experience or a trip to the branch. Even to get onboarded to a channel requires filling a form, submitting it in person. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality. And there's a good reason why it's that way. Not that it can't change. And the reason why it's that way at the moment is because of security, right? One of the things that you give up when you go digital is the ability to verify a person's identity face-to-face, right? You need to find creative ways to ensure that the person who is saying that they are this person is that person, right? So, you know, if, if, if someone named Arnold is signing up for internet banking, is, that, is this really Arnold or somebody who's trying to get, you know, at, at Arnold's coins, Right. Now, there are so many different solutions. You know, there are digital KYC solutions where you can compare the face of the person, a live face of the person to maybe an image that's been stored on a database somewhere. You can, you can attach cryptographic keys. You can, you can, you can require, you know, thumbprint recognition. There are a lot of different ways that we can ensure that, you know, you are who you say you are, right? But I think that's the key challenge. Um, now, that is why self-service has been difficult to deliver. Um, it's something that many you know, technology companies have, have, have figured out, and BK is in the process of doing the same. And I think um, through the course of next year, 
our customers should receive quite a few more self-service options. And we'll start with the most uh, urgent journeys first, right? Getting access to digital channels, uh, even as, uh, as important as uh, becoming a BK customer without having to come to a branch, right? Or at least starting the journey. Um, you know, sending an international payment and making sure that all the documents are the correct ones and that, you know, you're not trying to launder money or finance terrorism. We're working on a number of self-service options. So we recognize the importance of it. Um, fortunately, we're not like inventing something new. Many companies have done this already. Uh, we're just trying to, uh, you know, be inspired by some of the best in the world and then deliver a bespoke solution here at the bank. That was Obina Okuwani, the Chief Digital Officer of BKPLC. A quick look at the Rwanda Stock Exchange. The trading session recorded a total turnover of over a million francs worth of bonds trade in one deal on the fixed income market while the equities market remained silent. The RSI and all shares index remained constant to close at 100.8 and 145.1 respectively. On this one, the banking counter of MCBG fell by 1%. Among sugar stocks, Altel fell by close to 3%, 2.6% to be exact. In other stories making headlines, Kenya Revenue Authority has lost a bid to suspend a ruling of the High Court that halted the increase of excise duty on petroleum products. It follows the dismissal of Kerry's application by the Court of Appeal saying it was premature and meant to derail a petition that was yet to be concluded. In Tanzania, Tanga Cement, the sun producer's shares, have been swimming upstream for close to two months since the initial announcement made on the 26th of October on proposed acquisition of Scansum International of its majority shareholder, Afrisum. At the date of the announcement, Tanga Salmon share prices were trading for 410 shillings per share, gaining 192% at the market close on Friday, 17th of December, to reach 1,200 Kenya shillings. Thank you for always waking up with us. This was our last episode of 2021. We wish you a happy holidays and hope to have you with us in 2022. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at With Adore.